Yes, Lord, we do ask you to open our eyes because uh, a preacher can preach, but we want to hear your word, Lord. Uh, we want you to have the freedom uh, through me and in our own hearts. We want you to have the freedom, Lord, to minister things which maybe surprise us, astonish us, maybe even rebuke us, Lord. I don't know. Bless us. Uh, you have promised in the scripture that you are able to do abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. And to tell the truth, some of us didn't imagine much happening when we came here today, Lord. So we ask you to be true to your own promise through Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. Um, it takes place when Jesus is six weeks old. You will notice in passing that Mary and Joseph come to offer um, offerings at the temple in Jerusalem and they offer the offering which is for the poorest of people. So just to note in passing, the one they didn't have any gold or silver or myrrh yet, they were the poorest of people. And anyway, if the wise men had been yet, they wouldn't be able to go freely to Jerusalem, would they? The place would have been in uproar. So this is when Jesus is six weeks old, beginning to read at verse 21, 22. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Now, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you, which you prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I've come to love this man, Simeon. I'm assuming he's an elderly man. Uh, because he's got death in mind. Oh, now, Lord, I can depart in peace. Hallelujah. 
It's almost as though he's longing to be with the Lord, but the Lord has held him up because the Lord made him a promise. And it's an extraordinary promise. We're told that the Holy Spirit was upon this man. In all the few verses we read about him, the Holy Spirit is always directing him. God is with him. And God has made him a promise that he won't die before he's seen the Messiah. Now then, he's given him such a promise and with such certainty that this man is looking for it and expecting to see the Messiah. Now, just to put it in its context, really, that's pretty amazing. Because you and I probably have locked away in the back of our minds the idea that Jesus is coming again. Uh, We don't know when he's coming again, but we believe that Jesus is coming again. Now, just suppose the Holy Spirit comes upon you in your prayers tonight and says to you in such a way that you just know it, you are not going to die until you've seen the Saviour come in his glory in the heavens. You will see it. And it comes to you with such conviction that nobody can shake that conviction. Now you're waiting because although no man knows the hour, the Holy Spirit has told you, you're going to see him come. Now imagine that. That's a pretty extraordinary revelation, isn't it? That's the kind of revelation, the gracious revelation which had been given to sinners. You will not die until you've seen the Lord's Messiah. And so we read of Simeon that he was looking for the consolation of Israel. Now, the consolation of Israel is all tied up with the coming of the Messiah. But he must have known his scriptures. And the thing is, which scriptures, Lord, was he thinking about? when he was thinking about the consolation of Israel that he was waiting for so desperately. Well, of course, I don't know what scriptures he was looking at, but I can suggest a couple. I can suggest, for instance, that he was aware of Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord. Your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry out that her warfare is ended and her sin is pardoned. Well, that's consolation, isn't it? You see, Israel, well, the whole history of mankind taken up by Israel, Israel has been one long history of praising God and worshipping God and then exile. They 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 were released from Egypt and then they went into the Promised Land and then they were exiled to Babylon and then they went back But judging by the later prophets after they've come back, although they've come back, they're still in a kind of exile because over the last 200 years they have been invaded by Greeks and Syrians and Egyptians and now the Romans. And although they're still in their country, it's just like they're under house arrest in their own land. And when the Messiah comes, he's going to bring consolation to Israel. He's going to deliver them from the powers that overwhelm them and release them from their spiritual exile, as it were. He's going to set them at liberty 
what comfort to the people. And living under with the Roman governor and the, uh, and, and the soldiers all over the place for Simeon, this is a great thing. But God has shown him he will see the day when the Messiah comes. He will see him with his own eyes. Hallelujah. So he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. How about this, though, from Isaiah chapter 25? He will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is over all the peoples, veil that is spread over the nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people. And he will take away from the earth the reproach of the people, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said in that day, Behold, we have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord, we have waited for him. Let's be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Now he is waiting for the Lord. And here is the Messiah who's going to wipe every tear from the eye because he's going to defeat death and take that that covering which holds the nations in fear. Now, Simeon, also in his speaking to Joseph and Mary, suggests that this Messiah is not only going to bring glory to Israel, being the glory of Israel itself, but he is going to be a light to the Gentiles. And Simeon has in his heart that the Lord God has promised him he will see the Messiah who in himself is the fulfillment of the promises made to Abraham and the promises made to David. This is the one who will be the light to the Gentiles so that all the nations bless themselves because Abraham of your seed. And all the nations will bow down to the king of Israel who has an everlasting kingdom. The Messiah is to be the one. This is the consolation of Israel. And he is waiting. And he is expectant. Now the extraordinary thing, the whole story to me is extraordinary. doesn't matter where you look in the Old or New Testament, you see things happening in a typically God-like supernatural way. We've lost the supernatural from our tawdry lives these days but we speak about the Holy Spirit we speak about God being the Lord of heaven and earth we speak about Jesus being king of kings but do we expect anything that's supernatural to happen well God was working with Simeon the Holy Spirit prompted him to go into the temple and blow me it was the very day when Jesus' six-week anniversary was up and Joseph of Mary had gone in from Bethlehem to perform the sacrifices required by the law. And Simeon was in there. Now here's another. How does he know that this is the child? Perhaps, perhaps some rumours have come into Jerusalem from Bethlehem. I don't know. But how does he know? Mary and Joseph walk in with this child and Simeon sees them and he walks up to them now the parents must have been shocked there would have been alarms if it happened in this church that this stranger comes up to you and your little baby and takes him out of your arms but that's what Simeon did 
He took this little child in his arms and he rejoiced. Something in him, the Spirit showed him. He knew he'd seen the day. This is the one. This is the one. They put it in Acts of the Apostles later on. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. This is the one. He is the salvation of Israel. And he's taking this in his arms. And he's, so he said, I'm an old man, Lord, but now you're letting me depart in peace. I can die now in peace because you're taking away the fear of death. And I've seen the one. And he takes the child in his arms and he embraces him. Now I like this old man. I don't know that he's old, but I think of him as one. I don't know how long he's been waiting. How old was he when the spirits first spoke to him? Was he 28 or was he 82? I don't know. But I like this old man because he's now facing death without fear because he's seen the Lord's anointed. Now I find this a very disturbing world to live in now. It was disturbing when I was a little lad playing on bomb sites at the end of the Second World War. It's more disturbing now with all the scientific predictions that Donald Trump doesn't believe and China doesn't want to listen to. When I think of my children when they're 50 living in a world which is predicted by the scientists, I don't know when Jesus is coming back again but this is not a nice world to be in because we're not nice people to live among. So the question is, what about our dying? Whether we live well or suffer badly, what about our dying? Because here's a man who says, now, now I can depart in peace. And what he'd done, what had he done? He had lived for the Messiah. He had waited for the Messiah. And he had embraced the Messiah to his own heart. And I want to ask you, do you live for the Messiah? Because you see, the great sin of mankind and then of Israel all through those ages, which leads to exile, is not the little sins that we do but it's the idolatry that leads to them. It is the worshipping of other gods than the one true God. And so the thing is, do you live for God through the Messiah? Have you embraced Jesus because he is the salvation of Israel? He is the one who puts away our sins. He is the one who is going to be king of all kings and is king of kings. He is the one. So have you embraced him to your heart? Now, of course, Simeon, he saw all this. He rejoiced in this. But he then made this prophecy to Mary and Joseph, which is, Quite a hard one to receive, I should think. 
that uh, this child is a sign that he's going to be spoken against. And uh, many people, he will be the cause of many rising and falling because of him. Interesting the word falling there, by the way, as a kind of an aside. It's the same word that is used for the collapse of a house. And you remember the end of the Beatitudes where Jesus speaks about a wise man and a foolish man, one building on rock and one building on sand. And when the winds came and the floods came, the one on the sand fell flat. That is the falling. The rising Jesus is the one through whom he is, if you will, the catalyst by which God sees the hearts of men. Our attitude to Jesus, some will crumble and fall because they've chosen presumably another God. Whereas he'd be the cause of the rising, indeed ultimately the resurrection into a new heaven and earth of those who embrace him. Hallelujah. But he couldn't see how he would be spoken against. We have hindsight. We know how it happened. We know he was crucified. Shamefully crucified. And yet it was by that death that he brought the forgiveness of sins and renewal to Israel and deliverance from their exile from their God. It was by that death and it was by that resurrection that followed that he opened the way to paradise so that Simeon and you and I embracing Jesus can say, now let your, de- your servant depart in peace because Jesus has opened the way to his paradise. Hallelujah. Maybe Simeon died soon after. Who knows? One day I hope to see him, meet him in the new heaven and new earth. However that will come to pass. And I say, Simeon, do you know I talked about you? I've been longing to meet you. Your faith and your revelation have really, really blessed me. Thank you, old guy. Except then I might be older than him. To finish then, are you living for the one who is himself the salvation, the forgiver, the raiser of Israel? Are you living for the one who is the bright, God's bright light to all of us who are the non-Jews? And have you embraced him to your heart? God bless you.